Hey, this is Mike from EpicMarketer.com. I wanted to let you know that the episode you're about to listen to is from our archives and a podcast that I did called the Internet Marketing Podcast back in 2013. You'll notice that we reference the domain Mike'sPodcast.com, which I no longer own, but I still wanted to make sure that you had access to some of the great content and interviews from this session. So if you need anything in the future, please visit EpicMarketer.com. Thanks so much and enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the Internet Marketing Podcast with your host, Mike Cowles. Hey, this is Mike from EpicMarketer.com. And today we're going to be having a great conversation with my good buddy, Dan Andrews from Tropical MBA. And Dan is such a great down-to-earth guy that I just know you're going to love the conversation that we have. We have a lot of fun in it, and uh, we even leave in some bloopers. So check it out. Hey, Dan, how's it going? It's going great, Mike. Awesome. So, so glad to have you on. Uh, This was uh, kind of a funny story for everyone listening. We've been kind of playing tag back and forth as far as setting this up. And then on Twitter, Dan the Man says, I can do it now. (laughs) So, (laughs) awesome. Give me five minutes. So, uh, yeah, I I love real conversations where you kind of hear the back end and... uh, you know, like I was listening to Amy Porterfield the other day and she said, I'm doing Amy Porterfield uncut and I'm going to not edit this every time I screw up because I think my audience kind of likes that for podcasts. And I was like, you go. Cause she's, I don't know if you've heard her or not, but she's <laughs> such a perfectionist. Like her oh. stuff is so polished. She's really great. It's great content. But to hear her go, oh, dang it. I, I wish I could edit this out, but I won't. <laughs> you know, it's like, cool. Mike, if you're, if you're looking for a screw up, you called the right guy. So. <laughs> That's awesome. I, uh, I, I, you know how in, um, uh, June, John Dumas is an uh, entrepreneur on fire. He always asks the question, you know, when did you kind of have your aha moment and go from failure to success? And, uh, and he was interviewing Clay Collins, and Clay was like, uh, well, no, I got it backwards because I've always been a screw up. <laughs> <laughs> it was like listen to Abraham Lincoln talk about, you know, like I failed this, I failed this, I dropped out of this, I failed this, and then, oh, I was president, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you know, that was a great interview, by the way. I really enjoyed I'm going to meet Clay in a few days. I'm so excited. He's, I've been following him, I think, since 07. Yeah. He was blogging back then. I don't know if you remember that, but um, it's been really cool to see his progression, and I'm excited to hear about what he's up to. Yeah, you know, uh, I had James Shramko actually introduce me to Clay, and I just love uh, Lead Player. I, I promote the heck out of it, and I've seen a lot of different players out there, and uh, I have had to contact them for a couple different questions, and the, he's exactly the way he says. I mean, it's great customer service. They're doing updates probably every week to two weeks on that software, which is incredible. And uh, it just does what nothing else does, and that's the whole angle that he goes for. That's awesome. So so anyway, we're talking about everybody except for Dan, and I know everybody listening <laughs> wants to hear about you. So. Tell us just for a quick minute, kind of what got the internet or the uh, entrepreneur bug fired up for you? Yeah, so for me, it was the benefits. I think, you know, there's this whole crowd of people rushing to internet marketing and entrepreneurship because they see the benefits, you know, the freedom and the travel and um, the flexibility that it offers you. So same deal for me. It was all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, All the other careers that I was looking at, they just didn't offer that as a benefit. But I guess what I didn't know at the beginning was how long the road 
uh, would be. It took me years and years and years to figure out how, how to how to make this thing work. Um, but it was sort of the four hour work week um, when that book came out. I read it sort of the, the you know the week it came out, and um, that that was the, the the fire that got lit under my ass and that was that was what sort of let me know that it was only me that was holding myself back. It wasn't uh, the government or my you know, fiscal situation or whatever, it was really just a matter of uh, trying to model the actions of people that have come before me and have had success. Awesome. Yeah, you know, for me, it was, uh, believe it or not, it was Amway <laughs> when I was uh, 18. Really? Yeah, somebody introduced me to it and said, hey, how'd you like to work 15 to 20 hours a week and make 50 grand a year? And I was like, sweet, I'm sold. And then I got in and I realized it was more like 15 to 20 hours a day and make nothing. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, on a positive note, I really got a great education from Amway. Like I, you know, you have a the post I've heard you talk about a hundred times, and I've never read it, which I feel bad. But the whole three years to actually making money uh, online. Sure. And, uh, Tim Conley and I were talking about that off the air, and he said, "Well, you know, you obviously haven't read it because the whole thing is, is like the first year is just kind of playing around, and then like the next year is like getting your mindset right, and then the next year is actually doing the work." And uh, that's kind of what happened with me with Amway, too, was I was really shy. I was an introvert. And, you know, once I started to get my people skills down and was reading and listening and, you know, kind of reprogramming myself from all the false beliefs and junk that held me back, uh, then when I got into sales, it was it was great. I was a natural. Um, but it was it was not how I started, you know. Well, I'm jealous that you started when you were 18 because no one sent me the memo until I was like 25 or 26 or something. Yeah, but I was so messed up that it took me until I was 25 or 26 to start actually doing it right. So, <laughs> so how about like mom and dad? Were they either one of them businessmen that uh, kind of had that influence or that backbone of, listen, son, you got to, here's how to actually work and make a living versus working for the man and making a living? Now, there's some kind of pollen where I grew up that apparently made every single entrepreneurial person <laughs> allergic. Uh, I, I grew up in central Pennsylvania, and um, it's just a really small, like a cool kind of small town America kind of thing. And we joke now, I call it Pennsylvania. I mean, it's really sort of in the sticks. And, and you know, I just thought that I was weird. And then it didn't really, you know, uh, you know, because I wanted to do big things. I sort of just was a bit of a dreamer, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? And and no one really shared that around me. So no, mm -hmm. mom and dad, awesome, super supportive. Um, uh, they just, you know, especially when I took the entrepreneurial leap, they just didn't understand it. Right. And it took them a few years to sort of wrap their their, their minds around it. But uh, yeah, we you know we had a comfortable upbringing, but it wasn't. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of people around saying go out and get rich. It was like go out and get a good job. Right. If you're lucky. You know, uh, I did an interview yesterday with Perry Marshall, and one of the things he said, which was great, and he was talking about, you know, making money with Google AdWords and stuff like that. He, he said, you can't argue with numbers. So with the whole <laughs> entrepreneur thing, if you start making money, and you're like, well, look, dude, you make, you know, 40, 50 grand a year, and I make 120, you know, who's stupid, you know? <laughs> and, that's, and that's just it. And, I, and well, it, oftentimes, it, unfortunately, it takes that. Uh, yeah. to convince your, your fam friends and family. But the whole thing is, is that what are you in the business of convincing your friends and family for? I mean, right, you know, right. let, let them hang out for a couple of years and it's okay if you go off the, the trail a little bit. I mean, if, if they understood it so robustly, then it wouldn't be a great business opportunity, would it? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you <laughs> yeah. so. I loved what you said uh, when you were talking to John uh, Dumas about the whole Saturday night you know, you said if you're, if you're hanging out on a Saturday night trying to explain why you do what you do, then you're hanging out with the wrong people. 
yeah, it's, you know? and it's so, so true. true. And it, and it, well, it's it's a great um, it's it's a great litmus test, and it's a great uh, way to evolve your progress is to put yourself in the room with people who are doing the things that you want to do. You know, you were just mentioning that you were at a conference. I'm assuming that's where you met James and Clay and all that kind of thing. It's that kind of thing that you just it's an ongoing thing of well, those guys don't want to talk to you unless you're you know. You've got something to offer. You're doing the kinds of things that they're doing, yeah. And it, it, you know, if, if those people aren't letting you at the dinner table on Saturday night, then that should be an indication of the type of work that that you need to be doing. Yeah, you know, that's such a good point. And one of the things I want to kind of clarify with that is that I'm reading a book called um, "How Rich People Think." Have you read that by Stephen mm-hmm. Seibold? Awesome. No, curious. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome book. It's it's real short chapters, and everyone will talk about uh, like a false belief, like the masses think this, the world classes think this, and maybe it's like abundance oh. versus scarcity. And then he'll have like a resource and a quote and an action step at the end of each chapter. And a lot of times, it's really like you're like, oh my gosh, you know what? I am kind of ashamed of my ambition. I need to change my mindset. You know, it's mm-hmm. not greedy to want to be rich. It's a it's a great thing to be rich. You know, sure, uh, but. One of the things that he does is he clarifies in there the difference from world class and upper class. And upper class is kind of like the the guys that are cutthroat, that'll do whatever it takes to make six figures. They don't really care about people. It's more just about money, 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 or the, the new car or whatever, versus the world class, the guys that are a lot of times millionaires or billionaires are actually really generous and uh, really loving people. They give a lot. And... You know, the, the comment you made about, you know, if, if you're not, if you don't have something to offer, they're not necessarily going to want to spend time with you. The idea behind that is not financially as much as intellectually. Like, they want to hear, you know, like, are you setting goals? Are you dreaming? Are you actually living your life? Are you finding out ways to provide value and give back to people? And that's, that's what's really attractive. And that's what gets the whole mastermind chemistry going between a couple of smart guys to make even better things happen. You know what I'm saying? I I, I absolutely love that distinction. And <clears throat> I, I have to check out this book. Ian and I were doing a little bit of soul searching over the past few months. And we were trying to ask ourselves this question, like, why do we want to take our business and, and sort of multiply it by many times? You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're living a fine lifestyle and stuff. And one of the things that we re- we have this kind of concept of getting to the table. We always say that. And people that have put a ton of skin into the game, they don't want to hang out with people who haven't taken on the equal risk or sacrifice. And so it's like the kind of thing where it's like if I haven't written a book, a bunch of established New York Times bestselling authors don't want to hang out with the wannabe author. Mm. And the guy who sold a $10 million business and you know everybody's calling him, asking him for loans and stuff, doesn't want to hang out with the guy who doesn't hasn't put in the same kind of effort um, and, and sort of... So I, I think it's like it's the same reason why like movie stars date movie stars, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can identify people that you legitimately want to be around and you want to earn yourself into their company, it's going to continue to get harder to sort of up level. And uh, so anyway, yeah, we do. That's how we frame up our ambition. Is like we want to be around people who have that level of care, that level of um, worldliness, as you put it. You know, people who are looking out in the world and saying, you know what, I could change the world. Or how about we all each put $100,000 in the center of this table right now and then start a foundation and we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can't sit at that table because you got a lucky invite. You sit at that table because you put the work in. And so that's the sort of thing I'm seeing more and more as I progress along. Yeah, you know, uh, what you're really talking about, and you, you really worded it in a great way, is the whole starting with the end in mind is the big difference between people that are successful and not because so many people are like on a treadmill 
And, you know, I've been on the treadmill, you've been on the treadmill where you're just stuck, you don't see any uh, end uh, other than the train coming at you, right? And so (laughs) the whole thing that you read over and over and over again in these books and these seminars and these workshops is write down some goals, do the Tony Robbins thing. If I won $10 million, what would I do with my time? And then how can I get there? And a lot of times it's not, I need $10 million, it's I need five grand a month. I need two grand a month if I want to travel like you, know, like you and Ian do. You know what I mean? Um, sure. So, you know, starting with that whole end in mind is, is so, so critical. So, uh, well, and that's, that's what separates. I mean, you, you were, you know, the class of people that you sized up as upper middle class right, or upper right, class. Right. Um, those are the types of people that, yeah, they're not going to create organizations that people are going to believe in and they're not going to be leaders, which is what's required to get to that next level of wealth. Because you have to believe in something more than putting a couple dollars in people's pockets every, every month, you know? Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and, um, uh, I lost my point. I forgot what I say. <laughs> so there's your first major screw up. <laughs> awesome. You know, one of the big things that I love seriously about your attitude, and uh, I got this from you and Ian, and just hearing how you guys joke around is is how you have fun while you're doing what you're doing. And I'm sure that when you sat down and said, "Hey, let's make a bunch of money, but let's have fun while we do it." Um, so, like a, a perfect example, uh, April Fool's joke. Uh, you guys did on uh, on Lifestyle Business Podcast. I, I turned it on, and I didn't listen to it on April Fool's Day, so it didn't register. <laughs> like a week later or something, I turned it on, and they're like, hey, and I'm like, the voices are different. What is this? And, and they're like, you know, Ian and Dan sold the business to us, and we're taking over. And I was like, I'm unsubscribing. I can't believe they just left us like that. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't, because like later I heard, and I was like, oh, April Fool's joke. I, I didn't hear it on April Fool's, so it didn't register. <laughs> yeah, probably not the best joke, actually, in retrospect. It shows a little bit of hubris, expecting everybody would listen to it on right. April Fool's. And right. Anyway, but I'm glad that Rob and Mike did an episode anyway, because I love those guys. So, Well, you know, the thing that's so funny is I, I still listened to it, and I was like, you know, the content is good. Like, Dan and Ian obviously sat down and told them what to say, you know, kind of thing. But I was like, but it's just not them. And that's, that's the big thing about your show is the chemistry. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, you guys are joking around. You're interrupting each other. You're saying little inside jokes where you might not even get it, you know, uh, until you've heard it once or twice or you've heard the show before, that kind of thing. And I just think mm-hmm. that that's huge. So, Thanks, man. I really appreciate your uh, your support on that. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, one of the things I, I want to kind of kind of pick your brain about, and this may be something that's just kind of natural for you or it may be something that, you know, you've worked at over over time. But you have definitely, and, and like John Dumas said this too, you have a magnetic personality that entrepreneurs are just like drawn to you. Like I heard you the first time and I'm like, that guy's awesome. I want to hang out with that guy. Is that, <laughs> is that something that like, were you like shy as a kid and you came out of your shell or were you just like, you know, high five in the doctor when you came out of the womb or, or what? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I would, I could go into some stuff about that. I mean, part of it is, is that whole thing of skin in the game. Mm. So I'm trying, I'm trying to like attract people that are doing the same kinds of things that I'm doing and that just, you know, n- trying to put out my personality out there 100% real. I mean, if I was 100% real, I'd probably drop a lot more F bombs. But <laughs> um, outside of that, I mean, it pretty much is just us. And our hope is that if we just be ourselves, um, then other people, you know, and we're maybe even a little bit exclusive about it and say, you know, we're not trying to help everybody. What we're actually trying to do is help people that are like us. Mm. Because what we want to do is we want to throw a party someday and we want to have everybody come there. 
And uh, that's been a pretty successful strategy for us is not trying to, to serve everybody, but actually just trying to attract like minds. Um, so, I mean, I guess it depends what kind of thing, you're, what you're doing with your content. So with our podcast, it was very much like, this is a party with Dan and Ian, and we want you to come to it. And if you don't get it, we don't care because this is our party, and it was good enough when it was just two of us. Mm-hmm. So if, and I think that's an attractive quality, too, is like we don't need everybody. We just want our people, the people that are like us and people that appreciate it. That's so a- there's always that attractive element when you care so much about the thing that you're doing that you don't care if anybody else shows up or not. You don't care if anybody else agrees or not because you have that innate care. And I think that that takes away the neediness that comes across in a lot of marketing messages. And we really need you to do this. We really want you to like us, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, it's like the hybrid for the uh, big fish in a little pond, you know? It's like we we don't need to be like the number one guy for health, wealth, or love. You know, we're just looking for specific guys that, you know, maybe are a certain age range, but they're entrepreneurs. They want to travel. You know, they want to create a real product. And they want to get out there and, and make enough money where they can be free and not have to worry about their bills. Yeah, and generally that's how you get traction in any kind of business. So as a marketing strategy, a good book to read would be Crossing the Chasm. And you know, you don't want to come out as like super, super general. If you want to come out of the gates, it, it would be better for us, for example, had we started the Digital Nomad podcast rather than Lifestyle Business. Mm-hmm. And we would have got more traction and more subscribers faster, and then we could have transitioned. So um, before I forget, a couple quick things. Uh, the, you mentioned a good book, They're Crossing the Chasm. I'll put this on the show notes at epicmarketer.com forward slash Dan. And uh, the, the other thing is if you do drop F-bombs, I totally don't mind the energy and I'll just bleep it out <laughs> so I can keep my rating PG. <laughs> so, but I like the energy, man. And I, I love the the transparency, you know, it's like we were joking around earlier about, you know, screwing up and like, uh, you know, Clay Collins, what a great testimonial he was sharing about how uh, he wasn't like, it wasn't how I've been successful so much. It's how I was a failure for so long and then became a success. Um, right, so right. I just, I just love that. I love the reality and behind the scenes stuff. Well, I mean, one of the things that was unique about our podcast when it first came out is we were one of the few business, like small business podcasts, where it wasn't um, a lead funnel. Mm. So it, it was obvious that like we were just doing it as a passion project, and we were pretty clueless as to as to what it would result in in terms of a business. We figured we could, you know, there was going to be opportunities, but we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was an advantage as well because people felt like, well, these guys aren't really manipulating me in any particular direction. They're just doing what they feel like is would be solid business advice. Um, you know, and it comes so across I mean, as, as more of we really don't need, you know, uh, more customers. We're actually sharing what we know. That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So help us, uh, help us, you know, the people that are listening, help us to learn how to build better relationships. Obviously, one is be yourself, you know, and, and don't try and attract, you know, people that aren't necessarily like you. But as far as, you know, kind of moving forward with the business, whether it's an internet business or a consulting business, as far as building relationships, what are a couple of key elements you can tell us? Okay, well, I think the most important thing is choosing your targets let's use a really nasty uh, sociopathic term (laughs) choose the people that you're you're trying to make relationships with really wisely that's the most important element because building relationships with people is a much more expensive 
task than a lot of people realize. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be able to stick with it long enough, in particular with like high profile clients and partners or investors or people that can, like a mentor, for example. Those people can often take years of investment. Mm -hmm. So you can't take, in that sense, it doesn't, like this whole idea of being opportunistic, it's not, it doesn't really jibe well with the whole concept of building deep relationships because it's difficult to be opportunistic with the same person for two years straight. <laughs> so it's a much better strategy to identify people that you legitimately want to run with, so to speak, mm-hmm. and then, f- you know, figure out a way that you can just continue to drop value bombs as we speak in their direction, you know? I mean, I think it's very important as someone who's looking up to somebody that you're not a drag. Right. That's one thing I always. You know, it's even more important, like the more powerful they are, the less you need to ask for them um, because they're getting that from everybody else in their lives. So, so, so that's uh, just a couple things. So like um, I remember you gave one example of the whole dropping value bombs. If, if somebody came to you and they said, hey, you know, I'd like to edit the audio for your podcast for free. Um, you know, first like that, that's a need you have, you know, maybe it takes you an hour or two to do that. You're like, oh, cool. That frees up a little time. But what do you see, like radar wise, what do you see when somebody offers something that says, yeah, this sounds cool. This sounds like somebody uh, I can see they're, they're working, they're hustling, they're trying to do the right thing. They're a cool guy. I want to work with them versus the, you know, warning, warning. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to work with this guy, even though he's offering me something for free, you know? Well, so it's, it's interesting because Mike, like, that example is so advanced. Like somebody actually offering to do something that's super time intensive mm-hmm. is is very, very unique. Mm-hmm. So already you're in the one percentile. Now, I can tell you a, a particular case, Ben from AuthorityEngine.com. Um, he launched that business. Uh, it's a cool sequence. And this is the sequence that I see. I've start businesses based on relationships, key clients, key mentors, and uh, key investors. And he did the same thing to me. He came with that exact offer, and I was like, no, forget about it. Because I don't want some jerk doing this for like one month and then leaving, and then i got to take it back onto my team again. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, 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 here's the deal, dude. I'll do it for six months. I'll do your exact process. You know, it's just, and I, was, I wasn't that into it. I don't like people working for free. I feel mm-hmm. like they're just going to run away. Mm-hmm. And then my, uh, my new employee said, you know what? I made this SOP like you told me, Dan, uh, based on work the system from Sam Carpenter. And, uh, and he said, let's just try the thing out. Let's just send it to the kid and see what he does. And we did, and literally, it's just like everything else in life when you sort of start outsourcing stuff. Mm-hmm. I've had this experience so many times. I was like, this guy's going to ruin it, you know? And, and it's like <laughs> the next podcast I didn't even notice, right. you know? <laughs> it's the same thing. Right. And then, so ben, ben was doing that for a while, and he was just doing such a knockdown, drag-out job. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go full-time on this. I'm going to transition. And I was, you know, I couldn't have been more supportive at that point. Mm. And I think he's got like four or five clients now, and it's a full-time income. That's so there awesome. you go. That's how you start a business. So when he first came to you and started doing it and you said, okay, I'll take a risk, you know, and let him try it out. Um, was it like after he did like two, three, four, five shows, then he said, hey, we should grab coffee sometime or we should hang out and chat sometime? Or did you kind of initiate a little bit more of the relationship uh, after he was giving to you or how did that kind of progress? Well, now this is, you know, again, coming back to your initial point, which is identifying great targets because I had already known Ben for a while because he was doing uh, an internship at a resort that I run in the Philippines. Okay. So, 
so we'd already hung out pretty regularly and he was kind of reaching out like you know we were kicking around business ideas and i kept telling him about the problem that podcasters have you know it's not just enough to edit a, a podcast file because there's all this other crap you got to do too and i used to put up a podcast it would be an eight hour day mm. you know um and so uh, that's the problem that I wanted to solve, not somebody to put compression on my audio. <laughs> and uh, he was like, you know, like, let, me let me take a stab at that. So I already knew the guy. So then sort of the next time when I was looping through, we were traveling around. He came to meet up with me and he let me know, you know, he needed to accelerate the business. And uh, so the punchline is, can you still hear me, by the way? Yeah. I think our internet's going a little bit in and out. Okay. Can yeah, you I can hear you now. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, I'll edit that part out. Even no, no, I can hear you now. It. I think okay. I, we're on like a 15-second delay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, go ahead. <laughs> it's a major, major screw-up for two. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so just to finalize my long diatribe about, about Ben is that the punchline is he said, I'll work for you for free for six months. I think that thing lasted for um, maybe three months, and now I'm his best client. And I was like, screw this. You're doing way too much work. I want to pay you. I want to put both podcasts on you. And yeah, ever since, I, I think I'm one of his best clients. So now I can hear somebody driving or on the treadmill that says, Dan, what if I don't know you and I want to get to know you or Tim Ferriss or whoever it is that seems out of reach and I'm willing to do the work? How then, how do they approach somebody then, you know, with, hey, I'd like to do something of value for you? Well, I think it's pretty easy if you genuinely, you know, enjoy what they're doing because then you're going to be at the point where you've read everything, you've listened to everything, you understand their problems, and so you're having a conversation with them at their level. Mm -hmm. um, what most people th do is they enter the conversation at the level of like what's in it for them. Right. So they see me as a, this, you know, really successful guy who's just living this dream life smoking cigars all day long and stuff and they feel like maybe if i just write the right email to them it's going to change their lives well that's like that event-based thinking that we're always railing against in success coaches and stuff it's it's a process right and part of the process of building a relationship with somebody is caring about what they do and so you know if, if, if someone you know writes me emails and it's obvious to me that they don't understand like what i'm even doing for my business or they're not even curious it's a non-starter right right do you ever listen to uh, the interview with Chris Brogan on Copyblogger? I did, and I love that interview. He's, it's funny that you referenced He's that. such a smart was... guy, and one of the things he says in there is, one of the least helpful things you can say to somebody is, how can I help you? <laughs> and, and he says, if you want to be helpful, you know, you go to somebody and you say, hey, listen, I was thinking about our conversation last week and how you said you needed more traffic to your site and such and such a person, you know, is, is really good at this. Would you like me to introduce you? You know, so yeah. it's specific and it's and it's clearly I've, I've either had a conversation with you or I heard what you said on your podcast last week. And, you know, one of your struggles was this and, you know, I happen to know a guy. Would you like me to introduce you to Absolutely. And I, I love that statement. It's so true. Um, and it, I mean, it does relate a little bit to surveying your audience, too. It's great to survey your audience, but the way that you help them is deliver a clear solution, not by, con you know, continuing to uh, constantly ask them what they want. Right. Um, you know, no one, no one came to me and said, Dan, I want the dynamite circle, precisely. <laughs> yeah. That was something that I had to develop and like have a concept for and then go to people with it right. so but i absolutely agree it's like hey man you know what the hardest thing in my business is doing is figuring out what i need to do mm -hmm. so if you really want to help me figure out for me what i should do and that's exactly what ben came to me he said hey you should be doing this you shouldn't be doing this in-house it's absurd it's the same thing every week outsource it 
Right. And I was like, right. hey, that's that's right, man. Let's do it. My favorite is when somebody sends me their product for free and says, uh, hey, <laughs> because I love and respect you, I'm giving you my product for free. Uh, will you uh, watch these 1,800 videos and that's read this 300-page book and uh, tell me your review? <laughs> it's like, right. no, that is not a gift. That is a shackle of, you know, waste my time for the next four hours, you know? Yeah, you know, um, same deal with people send you free books and they say, oh, yeah, no opt-in required, but then they, like, tell you all the things that you need to do in order to... <laughs> It's like people, sometimes internet marketing makes people forget common sense. You know what I mean? You're asking for an opt-in, man. Just because it's not an opt-in box doesn't mean it's not an (laughs) opt-in. Just send me the book, bro. (laughs) Right, right, right. Awesome. Well, listen, you've been super generous with your time. I know we're uh, we're running short. Um, uh, I'm sure you got things you got to do as well. So can you give any last kind of parting advice for the most important thing to focus on for, you know, running an online business? So for me, it's um, it, 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 to tie it into the whole theme of this whole thing, get off the online business, get on the phone, get into that room on Saturday night because it's the people that you surround yourself with that are going to give you that high bandwidth connection, that great kind of feedback and conversation and inspiration uh, and, and, you know, it's it's like well, I'm getting ready to go speak with uh, in front of the, a group of my members, and you know the, my opening line is this is where the magic happens. And we've all been on the forum for six months together, looking at each other's avatars and putting up squeeze pages and sending out emails and stuff. But that's where the magic happens when you get into the room, and uh, that's when the really deep connections get made. And it's true. I mean, business people are making partnerships, people are doing JVs, big time, important things, uh, trading customers off with each other, and. And, uh, you know, that's where the magic happens. So you try to get yourself into that group of people, do anything you can to earn their keep and uh, don't ask them for much, serve them. Um, and that's what's, I think, the key to success. Fantastic. Couldn't agree more. I'm going to put some of that on a quote on, uh, on the site for this, uh, the show notes. That was really, really great. Cheer. Awesome. Leave the type. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers, Dan. You're awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much, Mike. Bye. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Internet Marketing Podcast. Please tell a friend to check out EpicMarketer.com.